because of some offseason roster moves, personnel decisions, who are three players that the Broncos have in the roster currently that are facing the toughest odds of making the team going into this upcoming season? We discuss and we share our thoughts on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Special shout out to all the everydayers out there as well. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on what's going on with your Denver Broncos. We have you covered every single day, all year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, my good friend, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Yesterday's episode of the show, one thing we talked about were three players who maybe are sleepers for the Broncos roster. But today, as organized team activities, well, not necessarily organized team activities, mandatory minicamp kicks off for the Broncos here in a three-day stretch, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to focus on some players at some positions where we feel like because of the moves that the team made this offseason, they have some larger odds in terms of making the roster this upcoming year. Sarah, let's kick things off here at the wide receiver position. I mean, right now, when you look at it, they have dudes there. Nothing but a large number of players that play different skill sets, maybe have different strengths and different traits to them as well. But there's one guy who was drafted last year for the Broncos who a lot of people, us included, had very high expectations of. Showed us a little bit in the return game, but hasn't done much on the offensive side of the ball. And when you look at the team's additions in the offseason, it really puts into question where Montreal Washington's status is for this team when the regular season comes around this upcoming year. There's a lot that has to happen between now and then for that to happen. But, I mean, yeah, Montreal Washington is a name that, you know, right now looking at it, does have odds to make the roster. He does, and he was one of those guys that last year during training camp was making all the headlines, right? He was catching all the long bombs downfield, and he was the guy that we were like, okay, can't wait to get to preseason week one because I want to see what this guy can do in a game. And then he comes out, and in the preseason, everybody's like, all right, you know, we're clapping our hands. Like, we finally found the return man. We finally found the guy. Like, he looks like... And then everything just shifted comes the regular season. I mean, it was it was a complete 180. The training camp stuff, the preseason stuff, we were all going one direction with Montreal, Washington. And it felt like he was going to, I mean, there was some talk last year around this time, maybe just a little bit less than a year ago, Cody, that he was maybe the going to be the most impactful rookie from last year's class. Like he was looking that good in training camp and preseason games. And come time for the regular season, just everything shifted for the worse. And and I hated to see that, honestly. Like, we felt like Montreal could be this big-time piece for the offense. Felt like he could be kind of, especially when K.J. Hamler got injured, felt like he could maybe just step right into that role. Felt like he was going to seize the day as the punt returner of the team and maybe give the Broncos an edge in those, what Sean Payton calls, hidden yardage, you know, in the special team space. None of that happened. It was it, it was as bad as as I mean, considering how high our expectations were, Cody, after what we saw in training camp and the preseason, I don't know if there was many bigger letdowns. Obviously, Russell Wilson, there, there were bigger letdowns, but there maybe weren't many bigger letdowns on last year's team than Montreal, Washington, in my opinion. 
Well, and I think the biggest thing, too, it's not that there's a lack of talent. As you mentioned, we saw the explosiveness. He's got speed to him. And, you know, ultimately, he was benched for the final two games of the regular season last year by Jerry Rosberg. And even Jerry said, hey, you know, he's got all the tools to be a very great returner here in the NFL. But it's consistency. There's some things with his fundamentals as a returner that came into question. right? And obviously, Dwayne Stukes went to bat for Montreal quite a bit. And look, as a player, you love that. Montreal has the ability to do it, though, right? But now, when you look at the offseason additions, you look at them drafting Marvin Mims, who Sean Payton and George Payton talked about can be an explosive returner for them. I mean, specifically at punt returner. That really kind of just puts Montreal Washington's job kind of in question. At kick returner, you brought in Tremont Smith this offseason to be an option for you. You have Jaleel McLaughlin. You have some of these other guys that are getting reps so far. Kendall Hinton, uh, Jalen Virgil, uh, uh, Broncos minicamp, you know, uh, uh, OTAs. These, these things that we're going through here this week here before training camp begins. And I think you have to look at all these things and say, okay, hey, like, what does Montreal have to do in order to make the roster this upcoming season? I've had the chance, you know, in those two games where he got benched, I had a chance to talk with Montreal back in the locker room. And I, the way he handled that whole situation, I mean, you got to applaud the guy because that's tough. You know, you're the, you're the main guy all season long. You get benched. And I just asked him how he was feeling. He said, you know, he's like, I, there's things I've just got to continue to grow and build on, keep my head up. And hey, he's got the right mentality. He's got the right attitude for it. And so far during OTAs, one thing I've noticed, I mean, he's still involved in the return game, you know, getting reps there when the return to the special teams period is going on. There's a flux of guys there, as you know, during training camp. There's so many guys getting reps back there. But, I mean, he, he's doing whatever he can to get in the front of the line, which I think is always a good thing. So he's going to push there, but that's the question. When you look at where the team is at in terms of needs, the depth they already have at wide receiver at as is, do you just keep a guy on the roster because he can return? Like, that's where Marvin Mims really becomes the wild card here because Mims is going to be a guy we project to play a big role inside of Sean Payton's offense. And on top of that, if he can also be an explosive returner, I mean, it doesn't necessarily make too much sense to just have a guy in your 53 that can just return and may not even be the starter. So this is where I think in training camp, I think in preseason, Montreal's going to have to come out there. And he's going to have to prove it. He's going to have to say, hey, you know what? You drafted me in the fifth round. I've learned from you know what the things I needed to improve on my rookie season, but let's also go back to that as well. Remember the Raiders game? He had a couple of big returns. I think he was like, had a couple of 30-yard returns against them. They weren't bad in the punt return department. The only issue, I think, for Montreal was sometimes not gauging when to fair catch it or you know if he's going to let it bounce. The way that the punter punted the football to an extent landed a certain way where it pinned the Broncos offense inside their five-yard line, inside their 10. You can't have that. And and certainly that's the tough gamble of it as well. So, I mean, Sarah, I don't looking at this from all ways. I, I really think that Montreal can be a very good player here in the NFL. He's going to continue to develop. But the question is, is that going to be here in Denver? I mean, to me, that's the biggest question we have here. Do you get any sort of Isaiah McKenzie vibes a little bit here, Cody? Oh, I mean, man. talking about the struggle. How bad would that, that be? That would be, I mean, we can't have a sequel to that movie, right? We just can't. So I think the Broncos really need to make sure they discover, hey, can this guy can this guy hang in the NFL or not? Because even Montrell was surprised when he got drafted. Remember, he, he talked at, at the time of the draft. He's like, I didn't think I was getting picked. And then all of a sudden I get the call and it's the Broncos on the other end. And so it's not to say that he's not talented. Like we've mentioned, he, he has talent and he showed that he can hang with NFL guys like he he did that in training camp. He did that in preseason. But are we going to have another Isaiah McKenzie situation on our hands, which speaks directly to what I mentioned on yesterday's show, Cody, the quote that Sean Payton had that's going to ring at the front of my mind all offseason. You don't want to have guys in your building 
out on your practice field, watching them every day, and then you let that guy go and he ends up having a productive career elsewhere. Like that's good for the player, of course, but you then have to look back at yourself and think, well, what the heck were we doing? What the heck were we thinking? You know, we, you and I were just talking off the air about you're playing Madden 08. You're talking about guys like Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler and Tony Scheffler. It's like, those are the guys that got away from Denver, you know, what way back when, and that's continually happened throughout the years, you know, and, and sometimes you do just get into the roster numbers game, right? You can't keep everybody, but at the same time, you got to make sure you're keeping the right guys. And I think Montrell is one of those guys right now where it's like, he has such long odds to make this roster, but what is he going to do in year two? What is he going to do when, when we get to actually see him out there, the pads are on, everybody's flying around at full speed. Is he going to be able to get back to that form we saw last year in the summer? If he can, Cody, he's going to make a compelling case to stick one way or the other. Broncos country, we want to know your thoughts on Montreal Washington. How are you feeling about him? Obviously, after last season, has all the potential, has the tools there to be a successful returner in the NFL. But can he step up? Can he evolve into becoming an offensive threat as well during training camp and the preseason? Just a reminder. NFL has now made it to where you don't have to cut players after the first preseason game. After the third and final preseason game, you can go from 90 to 53. Will Sean Payton, the Broncos, take that approach? We'll have to wait and see here, though. But the next player we're going to talk about is another player that seems to be buried on the depth chart in terms of players that have been added at that position. Specifically, we take a look at one safety here for the Broncos this upcoming season. You'll get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers, they can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There is no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. We've talked about the safety position quite a bit this offseason. The Broncos seemingly loading up there. But what does that mean for DTY? DeLorean Turner Yell, right, Cody? The DeLorean, the, the back to the future, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy that last year we were talking, hey, maybe this is the Kareem Jackson replacement. Maybe this is the guy. He plays in the box. He does all these things. He played... Quite a bit of special teams as a rookie. One of those young players in Christian Parker's defensive backfield will continue to hammer that on this podcast. Why? Because you got one of your best position coaches working with some of your more talented young players. I think Cody Delarian Turner Yell faces extremely long odds to make this roster, right? We've talked about Caden Stearns, the return of Kareem Jackson. You obviously got Justin Simmons out there. PJ Locke came back on a one-year deal. So where does this leave the DeLorean? Where does this leave DeLorean Turner yell? Where does this leave his roster chances? Because right now it seems like maybe there's just not quite enough spots back there at safety. And this is a great question. And, and I would say like in this situation, specifically with DeLorean Turner yell, where I maybe struggle to grasp is like, what is the Broncos bringing back Kareem Jackson, PJ Locke, drafting JL Skinner? Does it, is this like an indictment in their eyes on maybe the the path and the development of Delarian Turner Yale, or is this just, hey, this is insurance? Now, to me, this is where we simply don't have that information. We do not know, right? But I think when you look at it from the outside perspective, you look at the moves that they made at safety, and they even added a guy like Devon Key in the offseason as well to a futures contract who will compete. 
does this mean that they're down on DTY? I don't believe that's the case, but I mean, you, you have to see what you have there, right? I, I don't think you can go into training camp. I don't think you can go into the NFL preseason in any circumstance at any position and just say, okay, Hey, you know what? We're just comfortable with these four guys here or these three guys and the rest we're just going to roll with. For, for me, I, it's, okay, what can DTY do in his second year? What did he do in his first year? Well, he appeared in 14 games for the Broncos this past season, didn't play a single defensive snap for them in the regular season, but played 62% of their special team snaps. He had eight total tackles on the year, Sarah. He had two fumble recoveries, which were big for the Broncos in some of those situations and where they had it. But yeah, you're, you're right. Like When he was initially drafted, we thought to ourselves, okay, hey, is this the guy who's going to eventually replace Kareem Jackson. And at the time that he was even drafted, we said, okay, considering, you know, Caden Stern, some of his injury histories, is this a guy that's projected to maybe play alongside Justin Simmons in two to three years from now? Right now, th- that whole optic has changed. The perception is much different because of the fact that they added JL Skinner, who's got size, can play special teams, can play in the box. So for me, is this more so, okay, they don't believe in DTY or they want to add good enough competition to be sure to really kind of separate, you know, who's going to be the guy and who's not going to be the guy to me. I think that's probably a little bit more realistic as to where this thing's leaning. And I think we also have to consider too just positional versatility, right? In the defensive backfield anymore in today's NFL, you got to be able to play multiple spots really regardless of what your position is. I think Kareem Jackson, obviously a great example of that Delarian Turner yell, quite frankly, a good example of that dating back to his time at Oklahoma, but then you got to also consider that there's a log jam at the safety position on the roster currently. And then there's also guys that could rotate there. You know, they could rotate and play. If you're talking about the dime and nickel package, they could rotate around the formation. I mean, there was obviously a lot of people who thought Riley Moss play safety coming out of Iowa a little bit. And maybe depending on if the Broncos are desperate to get him on the field, maybe that does happen. Or maybe that could happen with Damari Mathis. If, if Riley Moss beats him for the cornerbacks, but I mean, just kind of spitballing here, this idea of a, a more positionless defense, getting your best DBs on the field. But we could see guys moving around the formation as well. It's not just like, well, these guys are corners, these guys are safeties, and kind of that's that. I think we could see a little bit of floating in between there as well, Cody. That wouldn't surprise me anyway, just because I think the Broncos have guys with size, speed, athleticism. A lot of these players on the roster currently were projected at certain spots coming out in the draft and they ended up playing elsewhere in the NFL. So, I mean, it just kind of, you, you could you play chess with these defensive backs, right? You're playing chess with them and you're kind of moving them around, working matchups, all those sorts of different things. So that's another thing that maybe it, it could help a guy like Delaria and Turner yell, but it also could even further hurt his roster chances incidentally. Well, and I want to go back to last year in the preseason. I thought DTY stood out in a big way, in a very, very positive way. I mean, against the run, taking good angles. You know, when you're playing that too high safety look, we always, in the coaching world, let's say you're one of those safeties there and you have to, let's say there's a run to the outside to your side. You have to take what we call kind of like a banana peel angle in order to get there because you have help on the outside. If your cornerback does a job of keeping outside leverage there against a blocking receiver, keeping the outside arm free, your safety should ideally feel on that banana peel right there to be able to do that. And I, I thought that DTY did a really, really good job last season in the preseason of doing that. Heck, I mean, he was kind of a standout player. Came up big with a couple of pass deflections, a couple of big tackles for a loss in the preseason, specifically when the Broncos played at home in some of those games. So for me, it's okay. Hey, he showed us that he can play a little bit in the preseason. Now, it's different in the preseason versus the you know some of the competition you're playing versus 
who you're going to be facing in the NFL regular season. I, I think with the Broncos, a lot of these young guys got that taste when they played the Buffalo Bills. And they're like, oh, geez, Buffalo's playing their starters. Denver's not. And, you know, you get DTY, Damari Matthews, guys going against Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, and Josh Allen. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of an experience, but I think it's good experience to have. Can you play when the lights are brightest? And when you put on the helmet, when you put on the pads, it is different than when you're just at practice and, you know, you're going through position drills, you're going through your team drills, you're competing against your own teammates. It's value. There's value to be had in the evaluation process there. But ultimately, for every single one of these guys that we're talking about, it comes in the NFL preseason. It comes when you're facing somebody that is not your teammate. How do you step up to the plate and maybe rise to the challenge there? I think DTY has the ability to do that. Now, I think the real big factor is here. Okay, when we're looking at the safety room right now, Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns expected to start for this team. It's easy to anticipate that Kareem and PJ are probably going to play a key role as rotational role players here on the defense. So where does that leave a guy like DTY? Where does that leave a guy like JL Skinner? That's where, in my opinion here, this is where we're going to have to see DTY hold off JL Skinner. This is where JL Skinner is going to have to rise up and maybe push a little bit. How does DTY respond to that? Because the Broncos did last season, remember, in the in training camp, they moved on from Jamar Johnson, who was drafted before Caden Stearns was. So for me, it's not necessarily about where you go. It's about what you do with the opportunity. doesn't matter if you were drafted in the third round, fourth round, whatever you may have. Can you play football? That's what Sean Payton and his staff is looking for. And how huge is the special teams factor going to now be for these guys? It's going to, I mean, it, it, it's always emphasized year over year, late round picks. You got to pretty much be able to play special teams right away if you want to crack a roster, right? Well, I think that's true for even second, sometimes third year guys that are drafted on day three. Just like you said, Cody, Jamar Johnson got cut last year uh, after a lot of people thought maybe he was one of the best value picks of that 2021 draft class for the Denver Man. Broncos. So Jerry even know cooked him in practice. He like, did. They were jawing so like I was it was crazy just watching Jerry and him yeah. jaw like Jerry can talk trash. I love that about it. That's one cool thing about uh, being at training camp, though, is you, you get to see some of those things. Yeah, you get to see those guys compete and be themselves, right? And that's awesome. I love it. And so I think that that's maybe going to bring the best out of a guy like DTY then, right? So to see, hey, go up against a healthy stable of receivers like we've got now this year and show us what you can do on special teams. Show us that you're always going to be on your assignment and making sure that you're in the right place at the right time. Otherwise, it's long odds for is no no secret, no coincidence here, Cody. We've started off with two guys from that 2022 draft class, day three picks that even in round five kind of perceived as reaches in a way. Like nobody knew who Montreal Washington was when the Broncos took him. Nobody knew who Delary and Turner Yell was outside of our uh, fellow Broncos fans who are also Oklahoma Sooners fans. So these guys were not on the radar really at all for any draft people. And it's like, Okay, so now these guys are now entering year two in the NFL. It's maybe no coincidence. They're facing very long roster odds. So for both of these players, special teams going to be absolutely critical to making their way onto the 53. Broncos country, we're always eager for your thoughts. If you're watching on YouTube, comment on the video, like it for the algorithm, and interact with other members of Broncos country. If you're listening wherever you get your podcast, you can always tweet us at Cody Work NFL at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked On Broncos. But the conversation on today's episode of the show continues as we take a look at a player at the running back position. Yes, there's five players at that position in total right now. Who's going to separate themselves and who has the biggest odds to make the roster? You'll get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, 
Real quick, let me tell you about the Locked On NFL podcast. As training camp approaches in just about a month, Locked On NFL as you covered every single day with the biggest stories on the teams, what's going on around the NFL. You get a wide variety of different hosts sharing their opinions. Check it out, the Locked On NFL podcast, wherever you get your podcasts or available for free on YouTube. With Javante Williams making significant progress in his recovery from last year's ACL injury, the running back position had a lot of questions for the Broncos, and especially for fans of Broncos country coming into the season. But is there a battle going on there that Broncos fans need to keep their eye on? We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about which player maybe has the biggest odds of making the roster this upcoming season. Real quick, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, Sarah and I, we have you covered. Minicamp is going on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So after practice concludes, you can expect a brand new episode of the show as we recap what's happening in Dove Valley. I'll be there in attendance to watch practice. You get all that recap, much more here. You don't get that experience anywhere else. Short, sweet, to the point, and objective coverage of all things orange and blue. Locked on Broncos. Let's talk about the running back position here, Sarah, right? I I think right now, because the, the conversation on social media is the time that we're recording this, The debate, I feel like, all season or all offseason long was really surrounding the status of Javante. We don't know what his timeline is going to be, but then when we saw him back on the practice field, there was a collective sigh of relief. Samaje P. Ryan's obviously the established guy they believe can start if Javante's not able to go. So I look at those two guys as 1A, 1B. They've made some moves. They've cut a couple of running backs in the last couple of weeks, and right now the other three backs on the roster, Tyler Beatty, we also have Jaleel McLaughlin, the undrafted rookie free agent, and then... Tony Jones Jr., who was an offseason signing for the Broncos, a little bit, not, not necessarily a needle mover in the eyes of many in NFL free agency, but somebody Sean Payton has former familiarity with. Despite that, he might be the one player we've talked about here that we are looking at that probably has the biggest odds in that position room specifically of making the roster. Kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Just with the fact that he's very similar size-wise to Samaj P. Ryan, Javante Williams. It's kind of like we've mentioned before, that Spider-Man meme. They're all pointing at each other, right? It's uh, We need somebody to come in and just differentiate themselves, right? We need somebody to be uh, maybe a change of pace type of back, somebody who brings a little more speed to the table. Tony Jones Jr., another guy that has size. I mean, he's got strong legs. He's not the fastest. I think he timed around the four six range at the scouting combine but you look at you know other certain things like what does he do well as an nfl back how do you 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 don't just last in the nfl this is his fourth nfl season cody you don't just last four years in the nfl by accident so it'll be fascinating to see what he can do with the opportunity he's got experience in sean payton's offense i've referenced this a number of times but i would encourage everyone go back and watch some of the 2021 new orleans saints that's sean payton's last year with the team And you're going to see a handful of guys on this Denver Broncos roster who played pretty critical roles, I would say, for that team, which won nine games. And Tony Jones Jr. is one of them. And I think he's a guy, Cody, that he's got the size. You can stand in there and pass protect, grind out some tough yardage. Maybe not going to hit many home runs from 80 yards out. But, hey, you don't necessarily need a guy to come in and do that. You need a guy that's going to be able to get four five yards a carry, you know, in between that range right there and make sure that they're they're driving their legs after initial contact. Maybe that's what the Broncos really want at running back is a more physical style from these guys as opposed to just having a, a couple of slashers, guys that could maybe hit home runs for you. The Broncos had no problem with big plays last year. They were one of the best offenses in the NFL in the big play department. The unfortunate thing is everything else, they didn't do well. They did not 
grind out, you know, four to five yards a carry, it seemed like, and they did not have a consistent short to intermediate passing game. Big plays only get you so far, as we saw last year, where the Broncos ranked offensively and points scored. I, I mean, I don't think we want to remember. So, uh, but, you know, Tony Jones Jr. is a guy that, like, it just doesn't feel like there's much momentum, at least from the fan base, in terms of even necessarily wanting him on the roster. So what is he going to go out there and do to show us, oh, well, this is why Sean Payton signed him. This is why he should be on the 53. You make some great points there, too. And and look, I think right now, especially like OTA's minicamp, the minimal contact between the offensive line, defensive line, really hard to gauge maybe the value of the running back position right now for them, right? You can see a couple of explosive runs and whatnot, but the question is, okay, if they're actually engaged in physical contact with pads, does the linebacker maybe make that play? Does the defensive line hedge it to where there is no hole for the running back to cut into? This is where I think training camp is going to be very valuable and the preseason because you have the pads on. Okay, what what is for me like evaluating just from a coach's mind? I used to coach running backs too. It was one of the positions I had to coach when I first got into coaching. You know, I wanted to coach cornerbacks, but they're like, you know, hey, you need to learn the whole thing, which is great because you learn the whole game. You coach running backs, you can understand offensive line, you know, blocking schemes, you know, the offense in general. So for me, how I would evaluate it and how I'm sure the Broncos will evaluate it here, Sarah, is okay, hey, when the pads come on, are you Hitting the hole. Do you know your assignment? Are you taking the right steps, right? You know, people would just think, okay, just get the ball and, and hit the hole. It's not that easy. It's not that simple. It's like there's the two hole. There's the four hole. There's the six, which is on the outside. Then there's the one, the three, the five. I mean, it's left to right, even odd. Um, some people will understand what I'm saying. But right now, I'm probably just playing it back in my head. People listening to this are probably like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Running back coach <laughs> terminology. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I, I can't figure out a way to, to put it in words that makes it easier to explain in the time capacity we have here on this podcast. But for me, it's, okay, can they hit the hole? Do they follow their lead blockers? Do they get north-south or do they run east-west? That's where you really see guys separate themselves in preseason and in training camp. The guys who like to run it wide and just run east-west, those guys don't typically last. They don't typically make it. But the guys that run north-south, they get downhill. They get positive yards. It's always the emphasis. Get positive yards. Get forward yards no matter what. And in pass protection, when they have the, when the pads come on as a running back, how are you in your pass protection there? To me, I want to evaluate these guys based on that. And there's going to be a, you know, a long ways between now and training camp and the preseason to be able to do just that. But guys like Tyler Beatty, guys like Jaleel McLaughlin, there's a lot of flash to those names right now. And if you factor in, you have Javante and Samaje. One of those two guys probably seems very appealing right now in the eyes of Broncos country, but can Tony Jones Jr. maybe overcome that and just go out there and ball out in the preseason? He'll have the best chance to do just that. He'll have to compete against those two other guys that we mentioned, but ultimately we will find out shortly, maybe in the next month, two months from now, what the Broncos running back room will look like. Will they make any other moves there as well? That's always a possibility, but one thing is for a certain while, I'll be covered here every step of the way, every single day here, the Locked On Broncos podcast. That will do it for today's episode of the show. Real quick, Broncos country, just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us, to watch us talk all things Denver Broncos. Your engagement means the world to us. So if you're on YouTube, make sure you comment on this video, share your thoughts on this episode and the topics we discussed, and interact with other members of Broncos country as well who share their opinions. It's always great to have that conversation, that dialogue going on there in the comment section as well. But for all you everydayers out there, Sarah and myself will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show as we recap what's going on at Broncos mandatory minicamp any of the top storylines Tuesday's practice Wednesday's practice Thursday's practice you get all that recap and more here the only place to be that's locked on Broncos